of skateboarding, but you're just not very good at jumping up and down on your favorite piece of wood. Hello and welcome to the Crap Skateboarding Podcast, a weekly dive into skateboarding for the average skater, hosted by me, James. And me, Jack. In this podcast, two distinctly average skaters will try to cover pretty much everything you might want to know about skating, from total beginners to midlife crisis resurgent shredders. Each week we'll be discussing a range of exciting topics regarding skateboarding in these uncertain times. And this week, our topic is... Drumroll, please! Uh, Barriers, Barriers in skateboarding. skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs> so, James. Uh, yes. What, 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 what's this all about, son? What are you talking about? Well, last week we talked about people starting skating and picking it up. Um, and we're kind of moving on a little bit from that and heading towards perhaps some of the things that might people might find challenging, some of the first things that they might come across where they think, oh, actually, this this is this might be a bit difficult, and how to come those those various different barriers that we all come across, and those challenges that we all find when we're starting a new sport or trying to start something again when we're old and decrepit, like we're like we're trying to do. Cool. Give me an example. So what what, what might be considered a barrier? What do you think? Okay. Uh, I think probably the primary one of the most primary ones that I found, uh, one of the biggest barriers that I found, certainly at the moment during these lockdowny days, is access to spots. Mm. So we discussed last week how skateboarding is a, a brilliant activity to be doing um, during sort of these lockdowns and sort of during the pandemic in general and just day-to-day life. Really. It's really good fitness, it's really good um, escapism for the mind and there's a whole other host of benefits that we have discussed and what I'm sure we'll continue to discuss. But at the moment, accessing spots is probably one of the biggest problems that most people have. Now myself, I don't have anywhere that I could immediately skate around near me, which is the biggest barrier that I have to skateboarding at the moment. Um, and I think you're in a bit of a better position than I am. You've got your mini ramp on you. So yeah, it's a, it's a funny thing though, that. isn't it? Because I, I, I completely agree with you. But I, So I live, uh, if you remember from last week, I live in the arse end of nowhere. I live in a, a small um, farming village in... Uh, north Somerset near Bristol uh, between Bristol and Bath and there's not loads here to skate um, hence why we built a mini ramp in the garden during the last pandemic um, uh, my very sketchy but very beloved mini ramp um, however I, I was have, I was thinking about this so when we were growing up James um, for anyone who doesn't know we grew up also in the arse end of nowhere in the bottom, the very bottom of Cornwall, near Land's End, deepest, darkest, yeah. Of Cornwall, yeah. And we probably didn't have access to what a lot of people would register as skate spots, but space, places that are good for skateboarding. I think there's a lot of joy in the crap. There's a lot of joy to be had in the sort of mediocrity of stuff that you can find and find a way to skate. So let me let me tell you. This is what I've been thinking. So I've been feeling a little bit recently, I've been feeling a bit fatigued with concrete parks, basically. I think they're great, I think they're wonderful, and they're, they're purpose-built and excellent. There's absolutely nothing wrong with them. However, I, I think I think back to our childhood, where we would find bizarre things to skate and think of ways to skate them. And there was so much creativity that evolved out of that. And some of the best times I've had skateboarding came from that. And recently, when I this year or last year, when I got back uh, into skateboarding, 
big time again because of the pandemic. I was finding um, things to skateboard that were, so one example was a telegraph pole that had fallen down uh, in the middle of the road. <laughs> and I spent a whole day skateboarding that and thinking, you know what I mean? I've had some of my best experiences skateboarding in the last year on these little things because I find them and, I, I, and I've really enjoyed thinking, well, how can I use this creatively? And I think that in a way, not having access to brilliant parks can breed a lot of creativity. Well, no, I completely agree with you, and you're absolutely right on that behalf. When it comes to skateboarding, skateboarding ultimately is a creative outlet for a lot of people. And you've got your sort of general tricks that most people associate with skateboarding, like kickflips, heel flips, back, you know, backside flips, 180s. Um, and they're great, and all you really need is a flat ground. Is any sort of flat ground at all to do that? You can even do them stationary if all you've got is kind of like a patio or something. Um, however, you can skate pretty much anything, can't you? I remember certainly we would skate anything that we came across, and our village was um, small. Uh, we spent a lot of time with literally just a curb, wasn't it? It was just a curb and with a really sketchy landing and lots and lots of pebbles. But that's all we could skate, so that's what we did skate. Um, and because it skateboarding has so many opportunities for personal style and personal creativity you are kind of shaped by the spots that surround you to a degree but equally if all you have is a little bit of flat ground my, my I, case, I only had flat ground outside my house when i was skating a lot of the time i got quite good at flat ground and freestyle skateboarding sort of rodney mullen style um and i think your skateboarding identity is very much shaped by the spots you have available to you but don't Mate, limit you, yourself to it have you read um the mutt it's uh, i have read the mutt autobiography yes the mutt yeah. is a brilliant book oh it's I would amazing recommend reading it yeah. to anyone and he, he's what so yeah the mutt by rodney mullen he's definitely one of the greats but uh and this we are not the greats i particularly no, am not by a long shot <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm 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 not even the reasonable but <laughs> rodney mullen it's interesting you say that because he similarly grew up from what i remember in the arse end of nowhere and his style really developed from not being able to get to skate parks when skate parks were just taking off um there's a whole uh, chapter just about him spending hours and hours on end in a barn outside his house um just on some flat ground yeah. creating trips. most of our most common trips that we know now the kick flip 360 flip uh, heel flip they all derive from him being stuck in a very small small space with not a great deal of uh, of, of, of access to ramps because most of the skaters at the time were hitting up kickers and bowls and pools um, and sort of rails and were, and were using obstacles more than anything. If you look at some of the old retro footage of people skating uh, back in sort of like the late 80s, um, it was very much sort of obstacle based. Whereas Rodney Mullen came along, suddenly freestyle exploded in popularity and it was sort of a new, and that led directly down to street skateboarding. Um, so limitations can breed that kind of creativity, which actually certainly in that case, led to changing the entire sport. So I, I was thinking, this is part of what's uh, been making me really want to just go and skate crap and find sketchy things to skate on recently. It's, I've got a real hankering. And I think that part of it for me as well, it comes from, you know, skateboarding. Yes, it's an art. Yes, it's a sport for some people. It is an industry. And, you know, we all buy into the videos and the brands and things like that. And as a consumer, I know that I get a real kick out of watching videos where people are skating weird unforgiving things in weird unforgiving ways yeah. um that's what i like to watch related to that have you seen the i can't remember his name he's very big on instagram now he pretty much only skates a stationary box in his garage and he <laughs> and he's got a, he's got a carpet as well and he 
and he's got incredibly good at flipping into and out of stools and grinds. And you were only from a carpet. Recently, yeah, from a carpet onto his ledge, and he, <laughs> he's doing like very like backside flip, tail stool, like big flip out and variations of that. And he's literally just got a box in his garage and a carpet and his board. And that, and he comes up with these incredible combinations on there. I read a thing from Mike Vallely once saying, um, someone asked Mike Vallely why um, he said, uh, he was talking about his early day skateboarding. And obviously he was the sort of the second wave of the Bones Brigade lot. Um, and one of the first real big influences on street skateboarding, I suppose, in, in, in its modern iteration. And um, somebody, they, they were listing all the tricks that he had invented, and they're mostly different kinds of plants, you know, hand plants and foot plants that involve taking part of you off the skateboard and balancing on it. And um, so, I can't remember who was interviewing him, but they said, well, why did you do that? And he said, well, because I couldn't varial flip. And then he said, <laughs> I, he said I, can, I can varial flip now, but at the time I couldn't do it. And that was seemed to be the way it was going, was just increasing how, uh, you know, you had a kickflip and then they started kickflipping and rotating the board 180 degrees and then 360 degrees, you had 360 flip. And he said he couldn't keep up with that. But he said he had a lot more upper body strength than all of his contemporaries. So he could innovate in that way. He said, well, I can't yeah. be more precise with my feet, but I can be more precise with my arms and my hands and I can catch things pretty well. And uh, again, it's, it's that whole thing, we don't all do it the same, but you work work with what you've got and uh, yeah yeah but if you've got a really sort of scrappy spot near you or you've just got a little patio or you've just got a little like curb or a ledge to skate and you're running out of ideas there is certainly now there's a huge amount of inspiration available pretty much anywhere like if you go onto youtube and type in curb skating or you know uh, mini ramp skating or uh ledge skating, block skating, ramp, bank skating, any variation of, there's going to be thousands of videos of different people trying different things on them. So that even if you are horribly uncreative like I am, um, <laughs> then <laughs> there's always some sort of inspiration out there. So if you are looking at your sort of, what at the time looks like a sad little ledge, you're not quite sure what you can do on it, go online, have a look, see see what other people are doing, see what looks fun, what looks cool, go out and give it a go. It's all over YouTube, all over Instagram, it's everywhere. Totally. Go on to Instagram. I think yeah. Gumi Yagi, see yes. what he's up to. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you want to see some real unconventional skateboarding. He was a professional skateboarder. Yes. He 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 chose to step down from professional skateboarding because he didn't like um I think he's notoriously hard to work with. He does things yeah. his way. He will only put carpet on his skateboard instead of grip tape. Um, which means I think he's not that consistent when it comes to landing things, surprisingly. So filmers don't like working with him. He decided to step away and just um, just skateboard for fun again after being professional for a few years. So I was watching him on Instagram the other day. I was watching him with a rubber dinghy tied to his back, <laughs> grinding across a duck pond, and, uh, a ledge in the water, and then ollieing out of the grind, backwards onto his back, and floating away with his legs and board in the air on a dinghy. <laughs> And that and, still uh, counts, that's skateboarding. That's right? skateboarding, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, brings us nicely onto our next point of conversation, mate. So, access to video, you're talking about access to videos. You're talking then about if you don't know what to do, get onto YouTube, get onto Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, well, I think we mentioned this briefly last week is that certainly when we started skateboarding, because we're old and broken, we didn't really have <laughs> much motivation or inspiration. I didn't even see that many people skating. So, the only people that we really saw skating was each other and whoever's on the Tony Hawk skate videos um, and anyone at the skate parks. 
Um, but now there's skateboarding media and skateboarding content everywhere. Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook, you name it, there's incredible skateboarding going down. And there's trick tips galore. I mean, you search kickflip trick tip on YouTube, you're gonna get hundreds of results. And there's always the different variations of the different, different bits of advice, but the rate at which you can progress now, if you sort of put your mind to it, is unbelievable. So those barriers that maybe some of us used to have where it was literally just, we've got our boards, what can we do with this? You can now find an absolute sort of treasure trove of different bits of information and trick tips and, and videos anywhere. And we'd highly recommend doing that because if anything's going to make, if anything's going to get you progressing quickly, it's watching other skaters, seeing what they do it, hearing how they do it. When I got my mini ramp back in uh, June, July, something like that, uh, I hadn't actually been on a mini ramp for years, really. Maybe occasionally, maybe sort of once a year, I'd, I'd had a couple of spins on it, realized that um, I couldn't remember how to do it. Yeah. I mean, when I was a lot younger, I I was quite happy just um, you know, dropping in, rock to fakie, uh, tail stall. I think I really kept it to that, really, you know, yeah. maybe an actual stall occasionally. And I thought, oh, okay, well, I've got this in my garden. I, I want to do more. You know, there's a lot that I'm still not comfortable with, but I do want to progress at my own speed, but I want to progress. Let's give something else a go. And I found this guy, 30 mini ramp tricks straight away, 30 mini yeah. ramp tricks. And he's not, you know, you, the problem with this is some, sometimes on YouTube and things like that, you do get um, people who think they're all that, you know, they come with a bit of a demeanor. But equally, there's some really helpful people. This this guy seemed great. He seemed um, professional. I've, I've watched so many. I've learned to do all sorts since, you know. Again, nothing that impressive. Um, but I can do like a couple of hand grabs now and I can do slasher grinds and uh, five O's and just other things that, you know, um, that I probably wouldn't have, have had the confidence or really the know-how in the past. Do it. I wouldn't have really known where to begin to look for that I information. I'd like to point out that every single one of the tricks that Jack's just mentioned, if it sounds sort of reasonably easy, just bear in mind that Jack's doing it on a ramp that does shift by about a foot every time he goes up to the coping. So he's making it much <laughs> harder for himself. <laughs> they are far more impressive in real life than they sound. <laughs> <laughs> but this is it, man. Like I, you know, like we said. It's, uh, I'm pretty mediocre. It's all about your own, um, having your own targets, having your own things yeah. to progress into. I mean, for me, I have been skating 22, 23 years, something like that on and off. It's consistently for about six years and then off for a while and then back in again. And I, the one trick that I can, that I always visualize in my mind, like I could be sat there watching TV, just visualizing it, but never actually managed to land as a blunt to fake it. That's that's all I want to. That's my one mini round trick. I'd absolutely yeah, but that love look, to that learn. looks so Can easy. Never I, get around to it. Yeah, but that, that's a weird one because I always look at that and I think that looks like it's just a rock the fakey but a bit higher up. You kind of feel like that's surely that's as much confidence as that's what I tell myself. Yeah. I tell myself that that's more confidence than skill. Yeah. <laughs> no, absolutely. We were our skateboarding social circle for, for a very long time. Uh, and we also had a couple of other mates that coincidentally have also started skateboarding again um, this year. Um, yeah. They've all started skating again, which is really lovely to see. Best time and to do it. It'd be nice to hang out with them again. Um, and a lot of that sort of, a lot of that confidence does come when you're skating with like-minded people. And not to say you're trying to show off, but you are a bit more driven to land tricks and a bit more confident, I think, if you're skating around people um, 
who share that love of skateboarding and, and so trying to finding like-minded people is really important as well and that's become even easier nowadays as well there's all these facebook groups people popping up and people saying hey I, i'm looking for somebody to skate with. i want to go skate and i i personally skate i i find i skate much better when i'm with other people um who are sort of pushing me and encouraging me to land tricks and likewise i feel like that like like, like i'm passing that on as well if somebody's if somebody's um you know shouting go on go on do it do it at me um when i'm trying a trick and sort of cheering when i stack it and i'm feeding that back to them and i finally get that really positive feedback loop where they just it's a really encouraging environment where everyone's trying to support each other and then you end up skating much better as a result of it yeah and also the payoff is so much better you know i i, I think about us uh in the last year or so and there was there was a day i think we mentioned it last week it may come up a few times where we all went um me so james uh, our friend tom who also skates and i we went out um dressed up as halloween monsters to make a, a fun <laughs> Halloween video. It was a lot of fun. But but that day, I, I've got a good example of that where I spent a huge portion of the day um, trying to 50-50 uh, a sort of rainbow ledge and then pop shove it out. And I, I kind of landed it a couple of times. But uh, but James, he wouldn't... Um, I mean, he could, he, see, he could see that I could do it. I think if I was by myself, I would have accepted that I had technically landed it. So I would have accepted that a, 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 a lot sooner. Whereas James, I think, could see I could do better. It was within my grasp. So he just kept me motivated for longer. And, you know, it really did pay off. I spent a long time trying to get that. And I think that makes a huge difference. I think it's, it's, um, it's, and then being able to celebrate that with someone is so much yeah. better. You know, actually, yes, it, it, you know, I kind of hated you while it was happening. <laughs> but I, but I felt great when I landed it, you know, and I think, it, I, I, I think we enjoyed that together. And what also, it's not just your, your friends, you know, if you've got good friends, if you can make good friends, if you've got the right kind of friends, they won't be egging you on out of, it's not competitiveness against each other so much, but they, they should be and will be equally stoked when you land something. I was as invested I was as invested in that trick as you were at that point. Yeah. Because I, I could see you getting closer and closer and closer and closer. And I, I was feeling sorry for your ankles, but like, I, oh, they're, they're still I was not getting right. so, <laughs> so stoked. The thing is, this doesn't even have to happen to people that you're friends with. Like, I went to skate park at lunchtime on a really hot day. Uh, my local park near here. It's a little concrete park and there's a rail there. And I was lip sliding the rail. That was my the trick I wanted to do was to lip slide the rail. So I was trying that. Um, and then a guy who was there, um, I didn't know, I'd never met him before, but a guy who was there saw me trying that and then wanted to, decided he wanted to learn to board slide the rail. And uh, so he started trying to board slide. So I was trying to lip slide, he was trying to board slide and we're just encouraging each other, each other on. And it got to the point where we'd been trying this for a while and um, I landed the lip slide a few times, I was just kind of getting comfortable with it and he was still trying to land the board slide. And I really needed to get home, I, I needed to get back, but equally, I was so invested in this guy's board slide that we had both been sort of been trying these tricks together that I'd ended up just staying there for an extra half an hour just what just waiting for him to land it because I really wanted to see him land it. And I yeah. didn't know we 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 didn't know each other and um, you know we didn't kind of chat all that much, but there was a kind of mutual But there's a camaraderie, right? In the community. Mutual camaraderie. When it's yeah, at its sort best, of community there's a really good And it's brilliant and it's and you don't often get that with with, with mm. many other sports. Certainly you know, I surf and you, you quite often get, you sometimes get that, but it's much more competitive. Whereas with skateboarding, there can be a competitiveness to it, but it's mostly very, very encouraging. 
most people at skate parks are incredibly encouraging of each other because it does take a real sort of you know grit and determination to try a trick over and over yeah, and over and over and over Skateboarding hurts yeah. like nothing else hurts, in my experience. You know, like I tried, um, you know, I used to surf a, a lot when I was younger and I've been snowboarding a few times. And like, yeah, you can hurt yourself in those things, but there's a special kind of pain in skateboarding that really only exists in skateboarding, I think. Where, <laughs> and when it hurts, it really hurts. It's like skin from your knees, yeah. gravel in your face, pain. And I, I think like you've really got to love it to do it. You know, yeah. I, I think that no nobody's going to, you know, if you're squeamish, you, you're it's not for you, possibly. You know, I think it is. I, I think you get it and you can see the pain in each other. It also comes back to, you know, we've spoken about it loads, but that is so applicable. This, this thing of skateboarding being this funny line between sport in a way, but art is that line between art and sport. And I think that's where it comes down to a lot. It is not you're not competing. Yeah. really in, in a normal environment actually you're just stoked on that you all love this thing and you all want to see each other progress and you want to see what different things you're bringing to the table and i think it, i think it's very different i once saw and this is a competitive thing but um obviously i say i once saw everybody's seen it but back in the day when um tony hawk uh did the 900 after yeah. his time had run out in the x games yeah and uh, I've I've seen it actually it's it's from I tell you what it's from it's from Tony Hawk's autobiography, um, which I think is called How to Skateboard and Not Kill Yourself. Yeah, um, that's the one. They're aptly named, I think. Yeah. And it's, it's, there's a whole bit about that day. You know, I suppose that's his legacy, really, in so many ways. If, if he could have a single thing, it, that's probably it. And he was talking about how it was the X Games. It was the final for the vert for best trick, and he'd already lost because he'd wasted all his time. Um, trying to do a 900 degree spin and he hadn't done it in his allotted time he'd already lost they already knew i think it was bob bernquist maybe one yeah. already no one had stopped to talk about that including uh, bob bernquist himself he, he, you know he, he didn't really mind and they carried on for 25 minutes after the end of the competition they were supposed to have left the building just everyone telling him to try again and no one had mentioned they hadn't even mentioned who had won even though we knew it wasn't Tony Hawk <laughs> and Bob Berniquist was there like people apparently even before the timer had gone out um the, the competitors were giving him their slots so they all get a certain amount of time and they were refusing to skate even though you know it's a competition to let yeah. Tony have their slot because they wanted to see him do the 900 yeah and um I mean that's exactly it he said you know he did it he landed it obviously um got carried away and, and he said people who were lifting me up that day he said first of all i lost i got the lowest point on the table because i hadn't landed anything at the time <laughs> um but the people who were carrying me around cheering my name they were my competitors they were the people that i was competing against one yeah. of them had beat me yeah you know, but actually they they all wanted to see that this thing could be done and that this thing you've been trying to do and i think there's a beauty in that i don't think you'd ever see that in I mean, we're biased, but I don't think you'd ever see that in like football or rugby. I know that, you know, I like ice hockey and you wouldn't see that in ice hockey. It, it's very yeah. particular to skateboarding, I think. Yeah, well, it's, a lot of that comes down to the fact that it's an individual sport rather than a team sport, isn't it? So any mistakes that you make, you have to own. But equally, any payoff, any big successes, like the 900, for example, any big successes are also entirely yours to own. But because everyone's in the same boat, everyone wants to push the boundaries of what they're capable of. Everyone wants to see you push those boundaries. Everyone wants to see those boundaries expanded upon. And 
you see it you see it in sort of even now as street league and um and the x games somebody will go and do a run they'll land an insane trick and then they'll roll back up and like all the other competitors will run up to them and be like fist bumping them and pat them on the back on, on the back whereas like in many other sports, people would be simmering or trying to think about how they would beat that. But it's just a celebration, isn't it, really? You know what? That's skill. Totally. And you know, we were talking last week and we won't dwell on it, but we were talking about the Olympics and there's people for and against it. And we think it's largely a good thing. I think we agree. Um, I think that's one thing to look out for is that uh, we don't want that to be lost if it becomes yeah. an international um, recognised competition there's got to be a way to keep that there. I think it's so deeply ingrained into every skilled skater's psyche that that's <laughs> never going to that's never going to be lost and because they're all on the same team they all go on tour together they all work together they're all mates like they're all yeah. friends like you know they might be competing separately um they might be competing separately as individuals on those particular occasions but if they're all riding for element they're all filming the same element videos for example and you know and, and just using element as, as an example there um they they are all, most of the top skaters are all friends at the end of the day. It's really rewarding. And it's one of the great things about skateboarding is that I know that if I haven't been skating for a while and if I roll up to a skate park and I am feeling maybe a bit self-conscious and I, I, in my head I'm going, oh, I'm not as good as I used to be. I'm not as good as I you know, might usually be. Um, and I could be quite judgmental myself, but absolutely nobody else there knows that or even cares. Yeah. Everyone hey, else yeah. there, if I, if I rock up to a skate park and I you know, might have a couple of years ago landed a 360 flip down the four set and then I rock up this time and just about 180 down it. If it takes me a few attempts, you know, more often than not, there'll be somebody there popping the board against the floor when he sees me land that. Like it would be, yeah. and it happens, you know, it's, it's all constantly rewarding, no matter what you think about yeah. yourself, your own skill. There's that, I think this that is... atmosphere is constantly rewarding. And it, it it's really, you know, you can turn up to a skate park and everyone just wants to have a good time. Yeah, I think this has got better too. I think this has improved as skateboarding has aged. I know that when we were kids, there was an element of that in the community where, where we would skateboard, you know, uh, as we got a little bit older, maybe less the late 90s, but more into the early 2000s when we started going to the parks a bit more and things like that. I think that existed, but I, I think that we spoke about that boys club mentality. I think there was a lot of muscle yeah. and a lot of... Um, that, that if you were in the group, they would be like that. But if you were outside of it, it was a little bit more tribal. I think that's, I don't want to say it's gone because I'm sure that to some people it won't appear to be. And, and, and they're right, you know, we're very privileged. Our experience is different. But I do think it's improving. And I, I think it's getting better with age. I think everybody's feeling a bit like that. People love it and they've gone away from it. They've got jobs and families. And then I don't think, if, I think if you love it, you can't stay away for too long. And I think that people have matured. And I think that the whole thing is, um, that see that side of it, that real supportive community seems to improve tenfold in the yeah. years that we've been doing it. I would say, yeah, and you see this kind of in the skill in, in, in the skills people are acquiring, how quickly they're acquiring them. Is that we've got a friend, um, Rowan, who has only just started skateboarding, and he was coming to the park with us, and he was going down. To, and the park's quite busy when we were going down, wasn't it? And we were going down to, to Victoria Park above, yeah, so we yeah. Concrete park, and it's quite busy. And Rowan has only just started. But he was chatting to most people there and they were chatting to him back and there's some really good skaters there all sort of actively encouraging him and, and promote and, 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 you know, generally being really accepting and really positive about the fact he was there just trying to skate and learning to skate. 
Um, and one of yeah. the guys who actually sold him the, 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 sold him his board from the shop came down to the skate park and was offering advice and and encouraging him. And he got he got he got quite good quite quickly, much certainly much quicker than we ever did. Uh, That's was, true. Yeah, he was learning board slides in his first week. Um, well, again, he just... was at he was at my uh, he came to to our mini session in my garden and he um he was dropping in there you know as in, as in and not dropping in like first time because it doesn't we all know if you've tried to drop in on a mini ramp you're gonna fall off before you do it but he had that real persistence about him you know and I, again it comes back to that community maybe we helped i'd like to think because we were there encouraging him you know saying you know get back up and eat but do you know i i that's the most stoked i've ever been to see someone drop in yeah, you know, I, know. I was watching right. my friend learn something new, you know, and I'm I'm still proud of him. You know, I, I know that was awesome. Hopefully, <laughs> when this really... is over, we'll do that again. You know, that was kind of like that was an example of kind of like a pretty much perfect summer's evening, wasn't it? Where we're all around there. We had some ciders, we had some music going. The sun was out. Rowan was we we chucked a load of pads at him, um, and we were standing around the ramp just just trying to, you know, trying. That to, was the night when you, them, James, right? said, "I bet." Those are the words used. I bet that you can 5-0 the top of your mini ramp while chugging a cider. <laughs> and some people say that's not a challenge worth rising to. <laughs> Bloody did it. Bloody did it. <laughs> he did. There's pictographic evidence and everything of Jack carving along his coping cider in hand like a proper Southwest shredder. I great. got worse as that evening went on. I'm not sure why. <laughs> can't begin to imagine why. <laughs> oh, I oh, can't wait for words to get better. We can do that again. Oh, yeah. I just keep, every now and again, I let the dog out and I stand in the in the garden and I look at that mini ramp that's probably very icy because everything is. And I just think, oh, you know, we'll have our day again, you know, soon. Yeah. Soon enough. Soon yeah, enough. We'll get the barbecue enough. on. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be glorious. Absolutely, buddy. Absolutely. But then by that time, I'm... Uh, you know, will have been in lockdown. I'm probably going to be morbidly obese. I'm probably going to have to relearn everything, relearn my yeah. weight all over again. Forgotten, forgotten how to wally. Pretty sure brings us nicely onto the, the next thing we were going to talk about, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've got written down here. What are the barriers to skateboarding? You've said fitness could be a, yes. a barrier. Yes. I mean, this or, or a perceived barrier, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. A perceived barrier to some. So ultimately, this this does depend on your interests or circumstances, doesn't it? Really. I mean, we were when we started, we were both quite sort of lithe and young and full of energy and you know absolutely fine. But certainly, skateboarding is a is a sport or sort of hobby or passion, all all three of those things, that does take a toll on your body, in that it can be exhausting. It can hurt. And ultimately, it does come down to kind of your physical capacity. And that physical capacity can be either a help or a hindrance, really. I know that if I've gone a long period of time without skateboarding, if I go and then skate for two or three days in a row, my ankles will hurt for about a week afterwards. And it's <laughs> yeah. effective in my age. Um, but That's equally, so kind true, of... though. Yeah, I mean, I, the, the ankles thing is when you get to a certain age, and I'm only, I'm only 30, I'm not a, a, an old man. But I'm not as young as I was, and my ankles now—that's the main thing. This is so. Back in uh, maybe it was March, me and you it was when the pandemic hit, and we both were going out um, for our ex one exercise a day, skateboarding. I think largely, and that's when I got really, really heavily back into it. And I did that non-stop until the weather turned. So maybe October, yeah. you know. 
skateboarding every day. I was skateboarding at least for a while. And um, my ankle still hurt now. I feel <laughs> <laughs> I feel like uh, <laughs> I feel like I only I only stopped I only realized how bad they were because I wasn't skateboarding, so I stopped taking as many ibuprofen to combat them hurting. And yeah, yeah it it takes it does take a toll. But I, I this is one of the things that has certainly become much more um, prevalent nowadays. We're much more sort of health conscious and, and health focused than we used to be. Certainly in the nineties, none of the skaters really cared about kind of their physical condition. As long as they could skate, they could skate. Um, but so people, certainly the pros now, are taking a much more uh, proactive approach. And I'd certainly encourage this to, to a lot of people: is that actually one of the best ways to improve your skateboarding is to kind of look after your joints, look after your muscles, look after your your own body. Um, I I said we're not, we're not by any means old, but over the last year I've also started doing a lot more stretching and a lot more uh, sort of flexibility. I need to work. get in on this. Tell you now, the difference that has made to my skateboarding, the difference it made to my skateboarding in the summer was astonishing. Like the fact that my hips could move more normally and the fact that my knees could move more normally. Made when we an next skate, I want difference. you to, um, I want you to leave me in a warm up. Limba, a limba yeah, warm up. We'll be those absolutely. dudes in the corner of the park. Stretching away. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, generally speaking, if you are, if if you go into skateboarding and you haven't done much activity before, ease yourself into it a little bit. I would suggest because certainly, if you go in all guns blazing, um, you will be a bit sore afterwards. You will hurt a bit afterwards, and you want to sort of be, make it sustainable. And skateboarding is tiring. Certainly, Jack, you remember this when we used to go to Mount Hawk and we would skate for eight hours straight the level of sweat that kind of my clothes would be drenched in. Um, oh my goodness. Like it's, we, it kept the weight off us, didn't it? It's very yeah. good for fitness, it's very good for health, and it's very good for strengthening your bones, but equally making sure that certainly if you're taking it up when you're older, make sure you are protecting um, and actively encouraging your ability to move in certain planes of motion um, and keeping yourself you know, sort of fairly strong and fairly fit will help you not only skate longer, um, on individual sessions, but to be able to skate more frequently. Um, longer, in fact, James, you actually, yeah. speaking of taking better care of your muscles, because that's that's where I find that the problem lies, really. It's great for the cardio, but it's, it does a lot of just damage, you know, measurable yeah. damage. And I, you introduced me to that, uh, an app called Fit. So I had yeah. been doing some um, ankle exercises, uh, which is as lame as it sounds it sucks <laughs> but it makes a difference i hate myself when i'm doing it because it's yeah. so this is the other thing so i've written down a note here because i, I thought it, this is a weird thing to talk about with skaters because you don't want to tarnish everyone with the same brush and you might disagree but i would say in many cases it's important to acknowledge that skateboarding or those who gravitate towards skateboarding aren't always those who gravitate towards athletic activities in general because no, it has a counterculture about it so a lot of people in it are not the people who would be the first to think about their own physiology and actually the ways no. to take care of themselves absolutely and they might even if you're like me which is going to sound awful i'm slightly repulsed by it when i'm doing it myself i feel like it just really turns me off i don't like it yeah. being part of it but and i hate to tell you this james since i've started doing my ankle exercises it has been a lot better. And I think that's, <laughs> that's what I need to do. There's something in it. 
No, you're absolutely <laughs> right. And the thing is, it's you don't really notice it when you're in your teens or early twenties. You don't really notice it. You can skate for days, you can skate for hours. The weight falls off when you're skating. Um, it is of itself excellent um, for your health, generally speaking, far more so than just sitting around and not doing anything would be. And we actively encourage it. It's a brilliant hobby for people who aren't necessarily into sort of running or more tedious sports because you get that level of activity without it being tedious you know you're moving you're moving your muscles you're moving your joints but it's fun it's engaging it you know it keeps your mind occupied it's brilliant for that but certainly as you get older and if you've been doing it for a long period of time and if you look at the older skaters now they all do variations of some physiological kind of extras as well just because it will extend how long they can skate for into their lives and skaters do skate long into their lives like look at people like Terry Walk the first example that comes to mind he's what 52 53 and he's still throwing up five forties in his round um but kind of that kind of with that longevity comes that kind of need to make sure that you are doing maybe a little bit extra certainly for somebody who's like me who's quite tall and flexible just having just working on my hips and working on my ankles and my knees outside of skateboarding has made a huge difference this year in how not necessarily oh yeah how less stiff I feel on the skateboard so usually it might take me 10-15 minutes to warm up when I'm skateboarding mm -hmm. or the I just roll around but at the moment certainly this year just doing it outside of that mobility exercises at home in the mornings and evenings um meant that when I was skating I was already I was ready to move like I could I could crouch down to an ollie pop high pretty much straight away there'll be a, la a huge number of skateboarders who this section right now won't appeal to them at all. They've probably turned it off at this point. They're not listening anymore. Um, <laughs> but certainly for people of a, of a certain age who, who, or who are quite stiff or who might have sort of underlying health conditions, it is, it is, it is, it is beneficial to, to look after yourself and make sure that you do because it will make skateboarding that much easier. Yeah, that's a good point, actually. I have one of those. An underlying health condition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm diabetic. Yeah. So if, if, if any of you diabetic skateboarders want to come at me and talk about talk about that, that's uh yeah, there's some barriers to that too, I suppose. In ter in terms of the like we said about the cardio side of it, the the sweating side of it, the uh long periods of non-stop exercise side of it, it definitely it can take its toll. But uh yeah. I forget that, you know, I forget that when I'm with you, you make me feel like a healthier man. <laughs> oh, that's good to hear. That's good to hear. I, yeah, I try and try, try not to be that guy, but um, <laughs> kind of fitted into that niche at this point. James, man, it's been a pleasure talking to you. Jack, it's been more of a pleasure. I look forward to skating with you again soon. Yeah, we'll just and, uh, doing some yoga at the side of the skate if you love skateboarding but you're just not very good at jumping up and down on your